Hello everyone, this is Burn Beauty 2018 and welcome to Burned Ambition. I am so excited to be here with cousin Ozzy this week. He may not be my cousin by blood, but he is my cousin in every other way, spiritually, you know, uh, just he is family. And I met him through Facebook and he has supported me in so many different ways. He spreads um, kindness and hope and he is a survivor as well. And I'll let him tell you his story. Um, I just hope you're tuning in and I hope that you'll take the opportunity to ask questions. If you're in the Burned Ambition Facebook group, you know him because he's always posting inspiration for you. And if you're not in the Burned Ambition Facebook group, you should ask to join so that you can get a, a part of this inspiration. So um, again, Ozzy is a multiple trauma survivor and he's going to tell his story tonight. Let me get him on screen. Hello. All right. Hello, family. Cousin Ozzy, how are you? I'm doing good, you know. The last few days I've I've been feeling a bit of like a cloud of anxiety. And I mean that's one of the things that I always do whenever I teach. Yes. I teach everyone to be frank and honest with themselves. Yes. Right. And if and I'm not if I'm not feeling all that hot, I'm not feeling all that hot. Right? Exactly. Yeah. We talked about it. I mean, we can't always be, you know, I tend to smile, but I also tend to tell people when I'm not yeah. so happy. And I've learned that even when I smile, my face tells the story. <laughs> Everyone knows my face never tells a lie. <laughs> Yeah, our hearts, our hearts are always speaking. Yeah, they are. They are always speaking. And it's not just, you know, it's not just like metaphor. I mean, it's like a quantum field of information that surrounds us. And so we it can is. tell, we can walk into a room and you can, you can, you get that vibe, right? Exactly. And that's the beauty of that. So, yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be here and it's, it's wonderful. To be next to the the lady who inspired me so much recently, ever I guess ever since I met you. So that is <laughs> really a compliment. What? Um, let's see. Let's start with your story. Let's start all the way in the beginning. First, I mean, whatever you'd like us to know about. Well, me. I was. I was. Um, I guess we we can we can touch on the broken wings, right? The the different bones that broke along the way, and then okay. you know we'll start very very young and then work okay. our way through it. But I want to absolutely underscore one hundred percent that um, everything that feels horrible and that is horrible, um, I want to always underscore that we are actually looking at the seeds of all manner of blessings right. that would never ever 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 sprout unless it went through that specific process right so yeah so the i was born in cuba and i arrived in the united states at the age of six and so it may not seem like it but when you get torn away from your culture and uh, and you see your parents suffering because they had to leave everybody behind and all that, you know, that's a form of trauma for a child. And then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll underscore as well. Why, why am I looking at childhood mm -hmm. uh, so carefully? And so when I arrived in the, in the United States, I had the, I was so fortunate that I ended up in the, in the, the hands of a lady, a, Ms. Gibson, Ms. Shirley Gibson. She had just literally graduated from university. She was the librarian and she took me in. She was the one who taught me how to speak English and I spent all that time in the library. So, um, good evening, Jeanette. There we go. And, um, and so there in the library is where I learned electronics which is because all of this is to lead up to the first major, major trauma, which I had, which was um, I, I blew off my, uh, my hand in, a, in an experiment at the age of 11. 
it was an experiment, Ozzy. Yeah. That? Yep. What? Yep. So, so what happened was that on on uh, a I've always admired engineers and those types of people, and there was a friend of the family, Mr. Echemendia, who on my tenth birthday, my eleventh birthday, he gave me uh, a transformer to convert power into low power. Yeah. And um, and then he also gave me a couple of little lights with wires that I can make them light up and then a couple of switches and a buzzer. And so I had that at home. And then um, I knew enough electronics that I wanted to create a an artificial neuron. Um, Wait. <laughs> oh, I was I, at eleven. Yeah, I was. I was a very precocious child. That's dope. Okay. Yeah, I was like a little geek. <laughs> My response is that's dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. It it definitely was exciting. And anyway, so um, so he gave me that gift, and I had it at home, and I'm like, man, all I need now is a couple more parts. Right. And so I went with my mom. This is summer vacation, 1975, on August. And yeah. I went with my mom to take my sister some lunch. And then they had they had the street had been broken open. They were widening it. And there in the gravel, I saw a shiny piece of metal. Uh. So I went and I picked up this this thing that I thought it was a capacitor, but it turned out to be an explosive. <gasps> So I took this thing home, and my mom told me, throw it away. You need to throw it away. But, you know, I'm 11 years old. I know what I'm doing. Right, you know everything. I read all them books. And uh, yeah. so I put it in my pocket, and then I took it home. And when I got home, and my mom had, had gone to take a nap, I guess, and I took this thing out of my pocket and I and I removed the I stripped off the the plastic insulator and uh -huh. I went and I attached it to the transformer that the that the friend of the family had given me on my birthday and the moment that the electricity went in there it it it, it blew up it completely just blew me up <laughs> I don't know how else to put it yeah, and so it just ripped. It ripped my hand to shreds. There was bits of me everywhere, you know. And just eleven years old again, just like a little tiny child. What What happened? I guess your mom woke up, and it had to be. Yeah, she was running in, and I and I was. I had been, I had been knocked out, but I had just gotten up. And uh, and I was so um, in shock, you know. Right. I, what I remember right now was just like my hand felt really heavy. Yeah. But like my mind was still not registering what happened. Right. So my mom came in. She picked me up, you know. And my, my parents were doctors, both of them. They were podiatrists. You're good. And so she... Um, you know, we, she, the, the first thing that, that she did was like her instinct was to go to the neighbor and ask the neighbor to, to if they, if she could like borrow the car because my father was working, um, to take me to the clinic, which was like in another town. So it didn't even, she didn't even think about calling 911 or anything. Gotcha. So she went straight to this clinic, and uh, and I remember um, just the that because it it blew out my my right ear. The oh. explosion was just like super loud, uh -huh. and so all I heard was like this thunder, like like almost like a jet engine, yeah, kind of a sound, and then. Uh, when we got to the clinic, the first thing, like the, the first sign that something was severely wrong was when the uh, the nurse, uh, she got like white as a sheet. Uh. And she was like, she just started crying and she's like, oh no, poor baby, poor baby. That's, that's not good. Man. Yeah, that's, that's when it's like, 
but I was like, and I was trying to console her. Uh-huh. You know, like, but you know, that's what we children do. Uh-huh. When a child is in trauma, he or she takes on the responsibility of the trauma. And it could be something like this. It could be parents fighting, you know, anything, anything that's traumatic, they think it's their fault. Well, I know that's, that's definitely true. I've been through all that. Yeah. So is that, let's see, that's your right hand? Yes, this is my right hand. This is my okay. dominant hand. And it is your dominant hand. Yeah. So what yeah. did you go on to do with that hand, though, as you grew? Because you, what was the experience like after the nurse saw you? What was your recovery? Was it a long recovery? Yeah, the the recovery. Well, um, that day was that day was insanely long. They didn't see me until like one in the morning at Jackson Memorial Hospital, which is like a public hospital. Uh huh. So I, you know, they drove me there, and I was just like with my hand in a bucket of betadine and. It was like they just, it was like, again, it was, I got somehow, I got lost in the shuffle. And uh, and so I went through two, two operations. The first one was to clean everything up, and the second one was reconstructive. Right. And then the physical, um, the physical uh, therapy and all that, that ran for like a year and a quarter, I guess, in total. And then, you know, little by little, it, it you know, it, it's, I started out where, I mean, I, I couldn't pick up a grape, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just too swollen. Right. And then with time, I've, I've always, you know, this, this type of movement, um, the two doctors, they were Dr. Mann and Dr. Burkhalter, that was their names. They, uh, they have since passed. And, um. But these two men, they basically, they honed their skills in Vietnam. Yes. So they had a lot of experience with explosions and, and that, that type of damage. Yeah. And so, but they did, a, I mean, an exceptionally good job. I can play the piano. So it's still your the guitar. Yeah, it is now. I mean, I, I went through a period there where I was ambidextrous. Like I had to learn how to write with my left hand for school. Right. Let's yeah. see. So I would imagine that while it healed, you would have to learn to write with your left hand. But yes. then, you know, you've had a, um, you, you got through that and you grew and yeah. so educated, you've had good jobs and done what, what did you do as your, as you grew, what was your profession? Because you were, so, yeah. Good. I loved, I loved, uh, I like again. I loved electronics. I love computers. I love all that stuff. And and I was blessed that I had two mentors. One's uh, his name is Jaime Padilla, and the other one, his name was Felix Pedraza. He he, uh, Pedraza. He he passed away about two weeks ago. My my other mentor. He was so these both of these men. They were in the electronics field. And there was a third one as well, uh, Carlos Sancho, but, and he also passed. But um, but these these folks took me in, and they 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 saw something in me that uh, that love that I have, that curiosity for like, oh my gosh, how how does this thing even work, you know? Right. And uh, and they they set the foundation so that I ended up, um, you know, I've I've owned my own businesses. Um, I worked uh, at IBM at the Boca Research Center here in Florida on the development of uh, operating systems. I've worked for Citrix, Microsoft, a lot of very large companies and clients that I've been blessed to serve over the decades. Yes. And um, so there's that. And, and, uh, and also then, um, but during all those years, I've always had in the front of my mind, a this desire to bring these principles that I've learned over the years from having to deal with, uh, you know, major trauma, and how how can I teach a family something that uh, that I wish somebody had taught our family, 
and so that's that's been that's been like I've I've been developing my my technical skills like like a boss, and then at the same time, I am constantly now writing, and thinking and collecting information. That uh, this is all that layer cake of yes. survive a trauma, survive a trauma, survive. Yeah. So what was your next trauma after the? Yeah, um, after after the hand, um, it would have to be the trauma as a caregiver. My my ex wife's uh, mother, she had breast cancer, uh, and so I, you know, I took her in and, and with her with her daughter, and we took care of her. And then in two thousand six, then my ex wife, she also, she developed the same type of breast cancer. And this is as uh, the same year that her mother was was on her decline, she gets diagnosed, and you know, and so just understanding that in life, trauma happens to you, and trauma can happen to the people in your life. And it right, that's why right, I'm and so group to survivors and families because the caregivers are correct. so correct. The caregivers, absolutely, oh. and everybody goes through the trauma. Right, we're often going to our caregiver trauma. That's right. Yeah, someone about that. But then for your trauma, after that, was that with your? Let me think this through. With your mother right. and, and me, me personally, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, and so it was. It's it's just when we have to deal with very difficult situations. Um, the whole thing is that that I really. I want to continue underscoring is the importance of self-care, right? The absolute importance of it, whether you're, you're on the receiving end of it or you're giving it, you know, but it, it's really, really critical. So we have um, the next thing that hit me that was incredibly hard and it was in my own flesh was in 2008 that I had a massive heart attack. At what age? I was 44 years old. Yeah, forty-four. It's my breath because it's so. Oh, it was. It was. It was not. Uh, it was not easy. That's. <laughs> it takes my breath just when I hear it because it's it's frightening to me as being yes. forty-nine and you know having yeah. a husband forty-nine and what happened? I mean, did it? Were you at home or? Yeah, I woke up. Um, I that I I. With uh, with my ex-wife, uh, one of the things that we did as a family, all of us, we we took martial arts classes ah. in order ah. to build ourselves up physically. Right. And uh, because she was she was going through chemo, and it's just it's it's really intensely hard. Right. And it was just like you know trying to get ourselves physically ready, and uh, and it turns out that one of the exercises that uh one of the arts that we practiced is called bagua where you basically you rotate around a center and so you focus and it's all about focusing all the energy in the body from the feet all the way up to the head and so it turns out that i had a heart attack because a four major arteries were blocked in the heart completely 100 percent did you have the quadruple bypass? I had a quadruple bypass. Oh my god! Yeah, it was a quadruple bypass, and then, but, but, uh, but when they went in, they're like, "Well, you know, basically, it's a miracle that you exist. The only reason you're here is because you have a angiogenesis has taken place, which is a big fancy word that says new, uh, new, uh, new vessels have been born." And they're actually rotating around the heart in a very similar fashion to, you know, the Bagua movement. And so I believe that that was something that saved my life at that instant. But, you know, there's the trauma of knowing like, oh, man, I, like, I have like all these things that I haven't completed. Right. Start with that, right? Like I wake up in the morning and I had this incredibly... I'm like, this is not a normal pain. This is definitely like I, I, you know, it's not like a pulled muscle or something. This is like serious. And so you went to the, so you woke up with the and pain. And my my ex-wife, I told her, look, this is happening, and she immediately picked everything up and 
and she drove me straight to the emergency room. Good. And then um, when I was in there, when I when it hit me like how serious it was is when you know the doctors they don't play, they will tell you. You know, you are. You're like, you know, I'm. You know, the, basically, the, the the doctor told me, look, I don't have any good news for you. No. You're having you're having a full blown heart attack. So if there's anyone you need to call, call them right now. And I was like, oh, oh, this is this is serious for yeah. real. Yeah. And then they brought in the crash cart. And they started just working, and uh, and then they they got me stabilized, and then they put me in a helicopter and flew me to another Good. facility. And uh, and and that was the that was the, the there was um, in that same facility. My 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 first cousin, he passed away from the same exact thing uh, about a, a a couple of years after I went through it. And um, and so in that facility, my my heart, it uh, you know when they when it stops, that's the the time that I had a, a near death experience. What was it? A, a whole other story. Okay. <laughs> oh man, that story. Yeah, and we can go into that. You know, like for real, like deep on another one. Yeah, we'll have to but, do that. But but the point is though that um. There was, um, I think, the hardest part of that is that you're you're healthy, and a few hours later, you're you, not. you you come back into a broken body with no, there's no ifs ands or buts, you know, which is it's a trauma, you know, it's yeah, a trauma. like things burn. It's like standing there one moment, and you've got long hair flowing down your back, and you're on top of the world and you're ready for Christmas parties and the next you're in a coma. So that's what happened to you. And that's so traumatic. You know, yeah, you're not, you, you don't expect it. You've not been ill. You don't right. you're prepared for it. Yeah. And honestly, you, yours is at 44 and I got thrown at 45. Honestly, there is, it's a scary feeling that you're just not ready to go. There's more I need to do. There's more I need to do. Absolutely. And it'll sit you straight, I tell you that. And yes. and then so that was what year was that? Two thousand and eight? Yeah, that was in oh eight. Yeah. Now here's the biggest part. So what's next in your body, in your flesh physically? Because this one is so hmm. tell them, tell them because you're so amazing and you're so Sharp, and I know you had to fight to. Oh Lord, man! So yeah. Please. So, so, well, one of the things that I would like to to inject into the stories, and when I had the heart attack, that's when I really started to to meditate on a regular basis, right? Good. Because I I couldn't go anywhere. I like I would take three steps, and I wanted to like I thought I was gonna die. Right. I had, I had zero energy. And so I'm like, now I'm in a recliner. What do I do? I'm 44. Mm -hmm. my, I can't tend to my business. My children are now they've got their father in this condition and their mother in that condition. And, you know, an she's, immense, an immense amount of pressure. Wait, she's still recovering from cancer. Oh, yeah. 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 There's that whole process is still going. Oh, no. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was, those are harsh years. And she is, a, she's an exceptionally strong woman. She yeah. is. And you're an exceptionally strong. She's, a, she's, 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 she's been through the ringer in so many different ways, you know. So it's very admirable, admirable woman. That's the way I and, feel you because mm -hmm. you've been through, I mean, the hand, you know, is a, that's a big thing when you're 11 and and it didn't derail you i'm sure it gave you um trouble as you grew as a youngster sure. didn't you didn't allow that to derail you i want to say allow i don't mean that people right. allow things to happen but it didn't 
it didn't derail you. We'll just make that. Yeah, I, I had. Yeah, I had. I mean, I had the support of of a loving family and friends all along the way. That's so important. And... Yeah, that is critical, and so that's one of the reasons why I, you know, again, I'm always underscoring the need for loving kindness, mm -hmm. and and a and a and a friendly a friendly um, acceptance of things. Friendly. You know, I don't have to love the thing, but I should be friendly about with it, right? Right, right. It's, I mean, you, you just have to deal with it as it is. And yes. so then what was the next thing in the flesh? Man, the next thing was the one that really took everything down for me, which was in 2014, I, I had a stroke in, the, in my cerebellum on the left hemisphere. But prior to that, um, I had a series of events that were not, uh, you know, they were not treated or anything because I, I didn't know what was happening. It's called TMIs or something like that. Where I'm it's imagining, like, yeah, that some sort like of transient, yeah. Transient. And I, yeah, and, and, and the thing is that um, any, any type of damage to the brain uh, will most likely than not, it'll affect your behavior. Right. And so families who are dealing with folks that are that that have these types of issues will not necessarily, you know, all of a sudden they'll start seeing that their family member is um maybe Different. behaving out of character and all kinds of stuff like that, you know. And there's there's a lot um I don't I don't know the statistics, but I'm guessing that again, it's not like something that anybody ever educated me about. Like, hey, listen, be on the lookout for. Right. You know, if your family member uh, does A, B, or C. Right. So in in uh, fourteen, uh, that was September. I I, I woke up again with like I get this massive headache, and again, uh, she took she took me to the hospital. And then um, they did uh they did a CAT scan. They didn't do an MRI because I, I have metal inside my, my hands. Uh, okay. So they did a CAT scan and then they, you know, the neurologist basically again they're they're very they're very frank. <laughs> they are. He was uh you know, I you're too unstable, but if you were more stable, I would be I would be putting in a feeding tube right now because where the damage is in 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 your brain, uh, that's where it controls your breathing, it controls your blood pressure, it controls like all these really important functions where it's like like all the things you need, <laughs> right? And conducive to life is in that in that section, right? Yeah, the, this this one spot here, in so the, in the back, and then and then so then they they gave me a uh, blood thinners, okay. Because it's a, it was an ischemic stroke. It was a blockage, and uh, and yeah, man, I went I went through a very short period there of complete, utter confusion. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't think. I couldn't think. I couldn't really identify people, which means that some somewhere in my visual cortex must have been affected also. Um, just, it, it was the weirdest experience and it was terrifying, terrifying, terrifying. And why is this the one thing you've, you've been through, you've been through the explosion of your hand as a child and you've gotten through that and then a massive heart attack. I did not realize when you said heart attack that it was a quadruple bypass. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I have a slice from here to the tummy. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah. So, and you've been through that. And now all these things are preparing you. They're all, everything that's happening is preparing you for the next. But then comes the stroke. Why is that the thing that you said? It, that's the thing that changed everything. It almost took me out. Yeah, because um, it took away my ability to make a living. <sighs> completely right so i was i was just no longer able to to provide 
so you know my identity as a as a father as a man as a it just i mean every everything went everything went uh, you know the the house the cars eh, my the business vanished um and then so that started me on that on a on a downward spiral to the point where i hit i hit the rock bottom where i was just sitting in my car with like uh, a pack of uh, of my heart meditation, and I was like, "I'm I'm checking out, man. I'm out of here. I'm done. I can't take this anymore." And so, from that point, when you hit that point in life, um, there's plenty of people who just say, well, "I'm I'm out of here," and they're gone, right? So, willpower is much stronger than even the instinct of wanting to survive, right? If things get so, so bad. And I thought I I couldn't see a way out. Right. That's the thing about depression because I... Could not see a way out. And then on top of that, again, you know, my brain was damaged, like for real. And, 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 uh, and it's my understanding that when that happens... Yeah, people get depressed, and it's just like literally the brain is just trying to heal, even right. if they they got nothing to be depressed about. It's like you know, it's swollen. My grandpa that raised me had a massive stroke, and he yeah. was this for about two years after that. Even though they said he wouldn't make it, but he would cry, just cry sometimes. And yes, I just remember I was. Uh, young i was 18 or 20 something and i would i have long hair and i would take my hair and i'd flop it at him in his face and uh, it sounds yeah. neat i would throw my hair at him and and he would laugh and laugh and laugh and uh you bring him joy uh, yeah that was the only thing i knew to do because he couldn't talk and yeah so so that's the thing though the stroke yeah the that's st the one that i mean i i sat down i i couldn't i couldn't read my notes my lab notes from when I was doing, you know, all the, I, I've, I've been blessed to do science on an industrial scale. I love that stuff, but it's like every, everything I loved vanished. And so, but then I, this is why it's so important. Why like every morning I wake up practically almost every morning and I sit down and I'm like, well, let me write to our family inside of burned ambition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that there are others just like me, just like me, who could be in in the worst, worst spot of their lives at this this moment. At that very moment. Yeah. At that very moment, right? And so it's like, yes, you know, we have to accept things are hard. Oh yeah. You know, it makes no sense to say, oh no, nothing's happening. Right. That's very critical to acknowledge. And so that way, then, I can ask for help. Doggy. <laughs> Yay. Doggies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we can either, you know, we can, we can engage others to come and help us to be with us. Right. I mean, we can always ask for help. Yes. Got my microphone, guys, in my pocket. It's okay. I love my so he's just waiting for his daddy alone but yeah. it's very important that we be able yeah. to engage others and to have role models that's yes. one of the biggest things that i try to do that's why i do yeah. or to be burn beauty that's why yeah I like to reach out to people and try to convey my thoughts and it's just you're not alone you're not alone. And you do such a great job at it. Like I said at the beginning, and I mean, you've inspired me to like really focus again, just like you. Just like sit down and say like, well, you know, again, there's there's a lot of folks that are that are suffering um, right now. And especially like in, in, in places like where there are wars. Yeah. Where people are getting every day, you know, there's fires and people are getting hurt really badly. And so that's why I see such a beautiful value to your your work. You know? That's, that's really um, 
That's really quite a compliment from you. But well, did you, how did you get through I, it? How did and, you argue what worked after you felt that low? That attack of heart medicine. Let's not leave that because that's an important moment. Yeah, I had the means. I had the desire. I had all of that. And, and uh, I actually, I was just getting ready to do it. And I read on Facebook, this, this group I belong to of entrepreneurs. And this one guy, he's like, well, could somebody like give this thing a quick read? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. Let me, let me do one final nice thing. And I found a comma was missing. And the, that delay was enough for my brother to call me on the phone. And he knew immediately something was was really not right. And so he talked me out of, he didn't know what I was going to do or anything. I didn't explain it to him or nothing. But he, he, uh, he, he got my attention long enough in order for me to go into, uh, to be, you know, go in and be with my sister. Good. Took me in her and her husband and, and her son. And so just that's, you know, that's the, that's the first step, right? Is that the family stepped in uh -huh. and, um, and despite that, I mean, I was, I, I was just not coming out of that spiral. And so a, in the seventh grade, I met a friend of mine, her name is Virginia Garner. And funny enough, she, she's a nurse and, she, and, her first, uh, her first experience was in a burn unit. And the, uh, that's like she, she had like a lot of experience in that. And so we hadn't spoken in a while. And so she knew when, when she spoke with me, we, we, we reconnected on Facebook and she knew something was, was not right because, you know, this is not my, my normal way of being. Right. And so she asked my sister and my sister told her, look, this is what's going on. And, and Virginia sent me a two-way ticket from here to New York to the Bronx where she lived. And so she's the one who pulled me out of, out of this environment I was in. That's amazing. And uh, yeah. And, and how long did you stay in the Bronx and how long did it take you to recover from... I, I was there for about three years, and so the, the entire time was all recovery and growth. Recovery and growth. She put me through a, a program. It's called the Momentum Education, which I highly recommend to anybody and everybody. What is that? Momentum Education is basically, it's, it's for self-development, you know. It's for personal development. Okay. And so I really needed it when, when I went into that, into that program, because again, I, I couldn't see my blessings, you know, I had like no idea. Like I, I was, I was so upset that I didn't just pass away from natural causes. That's how deeply depressed uh, we, 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 we do get, we can get any one of us. I would say that because I don't think that I ever, I don't think that I, I have definitely dealt with depression my whole life, y'all. I mean, you might not know it to look at me now. Well, me too, yeah, yeah. Anxiety and depression, I still deal with it. Mm -hmm. But after I was burned, it, and um, I was okay. I was, I was still, I was okay until the surgery stopped because of COVID. Yes. And then I felt hopeless. And I don't know that I've ever truly felt that type of hopelessness. Well, hopelessness, yes. I had been depressed. I had been whatever, but I'd never felt like there is nothing else. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Wow. Five years older, I was 46. What am I going to do? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, I can't do anything. I don't have a face. I'm not a realtor anymore. And I'm too afraid and anxious mm -hmm. to go outside. And it, that's why I worry so much about um, our trauma survivors because yes. I harm myself. But I'm, I assure you, there's probably moments that I thought where, where I was thinking, you know, it would have just been better just not to, not to make yeah. it. Wouldn't that be terrible? 
that would be terrible. I would. I well, I, yeah, and and it, it it would be, but you know, again, this is a truth, right? We go through. Yeah. We go through some really horrible times, and that's the reason why every day I always remind everybody, you know, you're not a, you're part of a family now. Right. You are it, part of our family, and, you know, we get up, even if we don't feel well, we get up. Right. And we, and we give you love because you deserve it in the very same way we deserve it, right? Well, it's so profound um, because... You know, if you guys don't know, if you're in the Burned Ambition group, it's something that I started. You know, I say Burned Ambition is a state of mind, and I use it to refer to, like, the way that I am post-Burns. I'm very ambitious in what I'm doing and right. trying to help others and accomplish things. It's yeah. not about only being open to Burn survivors. It's all types of survivors in the group. but you know, so I started the group and I hope people will be able to start talking in it because it is a closed group for a reason so that you can. Yeah, so you can be frank. And we can be frank and, yeah. and I can be frank. But if you all will notice, I have a lot of demands on me and I can't post in there as much as I'd like. But Ozzy has done it. I look every morning and I see posts from my cousin Ozzy, yeah. and it's like, well, that what a blessing, you know, just to have someone else who is posting and just cares so much. And let's see what my friend Jeanette has to say. Jeanette is a very good friend of mine, Ozzy, and she said her ones came after my burn accident, and then my mom dying of COVID. Six months later, I was begging God to take me. Sis, I did not know that your mom passed of COVID. I was terrified of COVID. And I thought we must have been burned about the same time because I, well, I got burned in 2018, recovered in 2019, and had surgeries. Surgeries stopped in March. And then I had COVID in July of 2020. Did you get COVID, Ozzy, or not? I did. did. I got COVID. Um... In 2021. So yeah. I, was, I was terrified of it. Uh, Me too. Jeanette, yeah. I, I had told my husband that if I get COVID, I'm not going to make it. And then I got separated. And take, I, don't, I don't really talk about it that much. And, and taken to Emory Hospital. And I was there for a week. But it was the first time I'd been in the hospital alone without my yeah. husband. He had stayed with me the whole time. So I am heartbroken. Well, and and Janet, um, Jeanette, is that how I pronounce it, Jeanette? Uh -huh. um, yeah, that hopelessness that came after the burn accident, and then, you know, you have back-to-back -back experiences that either of them yeah. are 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 just gargantuan. And so, one of the things that I want to share with you is it's very important. Um, to have and and i know it's it's gonna sound i know it sounded to me so i don't know if it might sound that way to you but to me um it sounds very strange to think of something so horrible um and to even consider that there may be something within that experience that will uplift you in ways that you cannot predict, you know. And that hopelessness is na it's it's natural. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot, and just the, the same with all of us. And we know, we know those emotions, and we just want you to know that we love you unconditionally. And um, Jeanette is an amazing. I'm going to start to cry. Why do I? <laughs> um, she's she a does, woman yeah. I didn't know about your mom Jeanette but um, you know just my condolences because I was so terrified of it and I actually lost my first at home nurse to COVID she yeah. oh, and um, but Jeanette now spreads kindness she um, um, 
kindness, yes. The support group with the Phoenix Society and got me involved in maybe taking care of myself, sort of like you did. And um, she's just very kind and she does, um, she's read a lot of hope herself. Yeah. And that just goes to show, you know, hopelessness doesn't, it's, it's a temporary condition. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is, and and it something might. that something that uh, that absolutely helps immensely is again is knowing that you're part of a community. You're part of a family, right? Like we have who here. understands you, who understands you. Because one yeah. one thing is to understand, eh, like you know, empathy. We all have empathy. Every one of us. But there's nothing like going through an experience and going like, oh, man, yes, I know. I remember Ooh. when. April, yeah. I love you too, sis. See, and that's what I'm talking about. Everybody is, um, when I say I love y'all, I really, really love y'all. Uh, you're burned June 6th, 20th. Wow. Oh, man. So it all happened right there. Right there, six months in. And, and that was that time period was so it wasn't good for anyone to my knowledge, you know, of 2020, everybody stuck at home. You really, mm. I can see how that was very difficult. Fortunately, um, Jeanette is a wonderful wife. And I guess, I, I don't know if you, I assume you're married then, make assumptions, <laughs> but you uh, clearly had a support system or, or was it the Phoenix support system or therapy? How did I need to bring Jeanette on and ask her how she how she got through that? Yeah, absolutely, are very close, very very close together. And the thing is, she's not cynical at all, and that's very much like you. That's There's beautiful. A minute in her or in you, and yeah, Mike, you always lift me up. I had a good day oh. today. Looking forward to talking. To you. Same I, here. Same here. Thank you. Lighthearted. So I don't know. I don't know how you do that for me. It's like magic. <laughs> and, and reminding me to say the thing that you tell me, I am. Like I am. I am. Like right now. Not later. Not I wanna be. I am. I am happy. I am. I am at peace with this. I am accepting what is right now. Yeah, and we were talking about acceptance before we started the camera, yes. y'all. And acceptance yeah. is being um, well. Acceptance is is basically another way of saying that you forgive something, right? Um, one of the things that I had learned very early on um, was uh, I could not make any progress emotionally until I accepted that uh, that this had happened to me. I was very, very young. I could pretend like nothing happened, but then, you know, it's like the first time that I had a crush with a girl and I, I walked up to her and uh, and I told her, hey, I really like you. And I was, what, in seventh grade? And and she, she points at my hand and she started to laugh, saying, ah, with a hand like that. I, I wouldn't, you know, and, it, and it's like this, whoop, this sudden hit, like, holy crap, that's right, my hand is missing, and some girls. She said with a heart like that. Well, no, with a hand like this. I, I know, but for her. Oh, with oh, the... oh, with a heart, no, but I mean, I'm, in her defense, I mean, she was, we were, we were just children, you know. Kids. We were just kids. Still. And, but, but the whole point is, though, that um, acceptance a leads to if you do it right if you not that there's right or wrong but gratitude is is such a sweet provider of good medicine for us it is having gratitude i'm so grateful that i lost my hand the way that i did why because oh my god there are so many blessings dear lord i can't even begin to count them I understand. Like one of the most sweet ones is this moment right here, <laughs> right? Um, see, y'all see why I feel so. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, right? If it if it weren't for your 
your experience and it, my experience. It works. Two people that had no clue, no idea that each other existed. But all of a sudden, you know, we're adding to each other's lives, right? Right. And, and why? Not because we're... We we didn't go through this. It's like literally this is this is what I try to express, man. It's like you look at your scars and go like, damn, I'm 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 blessed. And it's again, it's not about being crazy, delusional, right, and ignoring like there's no way I can ignore this. I mean, all I have to do is pick up a cup the wrong way and it'll shatter. So I cannot ignore this, right? But I can choose to be very grateful, very grateful that that even even that we that we even just just that we exist right now, given what we went through. It is so, and it's it makes me so sad for um, Jeanette though, because her mom is is no longer yeah. with us, and that. The, but you know, again, you know. That's another reason to remember that we have to live our best lives. We all, um, you know, are are going there. And I was so terrified yeah. though, at 45. I, I don't think I've been more afraid of anything. But I promise you right now, I am much less fearful yes. of the day when it comes again because it will i'm i'm much less fearful of it because mm. um i i have been given the opportunity to yeah. live my purpose and and just like you said it's a blessing it's a blessing and so i i feel like at first people did not believe me when i said that you know my burns were a blessing but they were. My daughter changed her major. My son went through something. He straightened up. My marriage got um, better, and my husband was closer to me. And and yes. and I got to eventually, as I ran through the process, I got to eventually find me and get to be the me I'd always wanted to be. That what could an amazing you. Yes, yes, yes. Not to worry about other things. So oh, absolutely. At first, people didn't believe me, or maybe thought I was a little not <laughs> so. You know, it, it, if I had it all to do again, I wouldn't change it. You know, I mean, of course, I'd love to have my regular face, my first face. But of course, I would. You know, I'm, of I'm here, but I don't need to. I accept what happened. I accept what happened. Yes change it yeah yeah and i and i think that's the other thing cousin that um and i don't mean to interrupt but just i want to add to the fact that yes these terrible things happen and every single one of those is just such a wonderful place from which to remember that life is good Life is good. And we don't have to be able-bodied in order to enjoy that life is good. You know, I wake up in the morning and you look out and you see the sunrise. Or you go and you're just sitting there um, looking at, at just nature and just so many beautiful things. And just looking at our own sons and daughters and grandchildren and cousins. I love looking yeah. at the kids. And I will yes. Today I went. I yeah. I don't. I managed to go. I got a ride because I don't drive. But I went into Best Buy. Mm, yes. By myself without makeup. Not made up because I needed to do my makeup later, and I was okay. Now I did. I got a little panicky yes. because it was taking a little long and it was a little cringy. Yes. But I could feel the eyes on me, and I just. It was it was so empowering. It was so empowering, and and I didn't I it, I didn't do it for any reason other than that I needed to run to Best Buy and get makeup later, you know. But as yeah. I got there, I realized that something huge had happened. Something huge had changed. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is beautiful. Absolutely. 
Yes. Do y'all have any other questions for Ozzy? We're winding down because the main thing is that I have my question while y'all think. And my question is, what's next, Ozzy? Man, what's next is more goodness, more goodness, more goodness, more goodness. So what I've been doing is I've been taking um, all of these experiences and it's a project that is one that I love deeply. And it's a, basically it's a it's a it's a set of books. It's two books, one for moms and dads and the other one for the child. And it's basically a guide. You know, it's like a children's story book for the kids yeah. and then a parent's guide to teach the family how to go back to finding uh, the sweetness in life when something tragic happens, right? Because it's it, it happens, but that's not our home. Right. The tragedy is not our home. Right. It's been a beautiful, beautiful place because it's, like, it's a school. I see that as part of life's curriculum, right? <laughs> I went I went to blown off hand 101. That was a class I had to go to. That was not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was fantastic. It was really, really great. It taught me, it taught me to love my body just as it is. And it's it just, so you know, when much. you say that you didn't harm yourself because you caught a comma that was a problem. He was not proofreading something. That was code, right? Or artificial intelligence or something all brainy. Oh. That was the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was not like I, I'm really good at proofreading. That's what I was thinking. And then I realized no, it was code to things that look like debugging. Or one one zero zero one one zero. <laughs> <laughs> Those things. <laughs> yeah. The brainiac stuff. Yeah. How did you bring your I'm gonna ask one more question. How did you did did you do any specific exercises or things to help bring your mind back because your mind your brain is oh yeah yeah i had to learn how to learn and then the other thing that was great was that i was in a in a city that i'd never been in my entire life right and so the brain is forced to wake up to read do that yeah you, what 50 when you had the stroke Am I doing the that stroke was uh in 2014 so that's what five years ago uh no no, let me see here. Oh no, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Eight years ago. Eight years ago, yes. See that's young. So I was fifty too. years old. So I'm only saying that because that's yeah. young too, and you've had all these things. Uh, you know, yeah. Years old, back to back. Forty four. And then those two are really back to back. And so yeah. the fact that you're able to recover and your quality of life is such that you're not yeah, yeah, and and I I had to learn how to learn. Yeah, and you know, and and, and I'm blessed that you know the curiosity. I, I, but but it was like I had to learn how to learn, and and I and it all it was all again thanks a, a good bulk of it was thanks to my friend Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a nurse, and she she opened her home to me. She gave me the spare bedroom, and. Uh, the first thing that I did in order to make money for the first time on my own, um, after getting off of public, uh, I mean, I was on public assistance, was a job where I taught uh, English as a second language remotely to families in China. And that helped me immensely because I had to prepare my, I had to prepare for the lessons. I had to, so it was like practice, 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 everyday practice. And and you rebuilt your mind, so well, yeah. And the and the brain is a beautiful thing. It it uh it 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 adapts itself. It does, and it and the itself. age is because we all think that this is something that happens to youngsters, but even at fifty years old, we can rewire our brains. We can rethink things. We still have. Yeah. Oh, you can reinvent yourself at any time, any time. So, so yeah. I thank you so much for joining us tonight, Ozzy. We are out of time. That went by so fast. We've got to come back and talk about uh-huh. the near-death thing. because that's death experiences, yeah. And, yeah, and you. other, other <laughs> methods. Yep. But um, I thank you so much for joining us. And what thank my you. takeaway from this, y'all, is when you listen to 
him. The thing is, it starts in childhood with the hand and he still perseveres and goes on because a lot of us in the community do have kids that are suffering with burns or trauma. So, you know, again, this isn't, sometimes I think it would be good to ask an adult that's, you know, an adult sur child survivor, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd be able to talk to him about it. And I also think that for the rest of us, you know, the fact that he had a massive heart attack at 44 and then a massive stroke at 50 and he's still before us and he's back to writing code and or, and writing uh, beautiful things and doing art and writing a book and all these things. Being alive, you know, being alive, being all alive. And being alive <laughs> and living it, being alive and living it. Yeah. And uh, thank you, thank you for tuning in. But you guys, um, oh, and I just want you all to know that this is a story of hope and grace because he's, grace. Yes. he's been through so much, yet he is so kind. So you can get through it, you can maintain who you are, and you can live life. And yes. until next week, we thank you for joining us. Thank you guys so much. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for coming, Ozzy. And for everyone else, whatever you're going through, please remember that this too shall pass. And we love you. Bye.